Älskar du den här podden? Stötta den genom IKAs nya supporterfunktion. Det är helt upp till dig hur mycket du vill bidra med och det finns ingen bindningstid. Klicka på länken i poddbeskrivningen för att visa din uppskattning och stötta podden. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else. Including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Taking a swig of my uh, my nice uh, Corona with lime. Thanks to Hunter for that. It's nice. Thank you. And uh, please, would you just introduce yourself and what you do? I'm Frederick Alspo. I'm the driver of the Rockstar Energy Hancock Tire Sign TC. I also do a lot of stuff outside of Formula Drift. I uh, I'm Norwegian, so I grew up with Gatbil, and you know, before I even got into Gatbil, I. You know, I was the average kid roaming around the streets and uh, screwing shit up. And, uh, you know, I just got lucky. Get I got on track at an early age and, you know, been progressing, building a career out of it. So, you know, I, I travel the world. I compete and I um, partnered with uh, Toyota since 2010. So there's... Three race cars involved, you know, a race in Japan and Singapore and Thailand and Australia and across the U.S. and Europe. And, you know, we've won at Silverstone twice. We've parted with, uh, you know, the sh- with Sheiks in Abu Dhabi. And, uh, you know, I basically drift around the world. Nice. That's a, a really elaborate answer for what I really wanted. So that's good. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I got more than I wanted, more than I bargained for. Um All right, Fredrik. So you uh, you did all this. You did this super long introduction, mm-hmm. which I loved. And um, now we're sitting here. Like you you were the champion, and you did all this awesome stuff. And now you're sitting in a small hotel, uh, like super cozy though. And we're in Norway, just hanging out, pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, it's surreal, and that's been my life. You know, the last seven. Or five years. It's been a lot of contrasts, you know, in between traveling and building cars and racing cars and crashing cars and whatnot. There's a lot of contrasts. And, you know, some people that don't know me or what I do very well, they tend to think that it's all glamorous and, you know, just show up 
you know, fresh off the plane in some exotic location, you jump in the car, you race and you do well. That's not how it works. You know, you got to put in the hours, you got to go out there and practice. You got to talk about you, practice. <laughs> you know, I, that's what I'm, that's why I'm here. We're in, uh, Nedre Egedal in Norway. Gatabilen Ice is on tomorrow. I'm here with my beater car, an old Supra that's smashed to pieces, you know, been wrenching out in the cold all day. Definitely keeps me grounded. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it, there's a lot of work that goes into everything. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's 2% competing and doing well and 98% hard work uh, putting in the hours to make it actually happen yeah i guess i guess you can think about and dream about and you never do it then you'll never do it right so yeah i guess um like i was interesting because you said and you have the title as a champion like i I was i've been intrigued by you know what does it take to become a champion like why was it you who became the champion in in drifting in formula drift oh man that's you know that's a very multifaceted thing for that to happen. A lot of people will message me and ask me, oh, how do I get into drifting? And I, what I want to tell them, but I don't tell them exactly this, but what I want to tell them is that if you have to ask me, you're probably not going to make it. Because, you know, if you don't have it in you, if you don't dream about it, if drifting or doing well in drifting is not on your mind 24 7 you're not going to get there and you know none of the past champions in fde or none of the guys that i know in the series that have done well over the last few years or since the start of fde none of those guys have done it without pouring everything they had and then some into it you know they've maxed out credit cards they've borrowed money they you know they've they've probably sacrificed you know, multiple years of their lives, they've, it's, it's a big undertaking and it costs so much. And, you know, you have to really, really want it to happen to, to, to become a champion. And for me, you know, there was never really an option. You know, I, it was all I wanted to do. I've dreamt of becoming the FD champion for 12 years and, you know, it's been gradual thing and, it just came together last year and you know it's it was the biggest relief of my life nice that, that's cool just uh achieving the goal that you actually dream about like realizing and and it's actually actually happening that's cool it's really cool um like we're not looking to get super serious about it i just i'm intrigued to know you know um so like what is your goal today? Like, or tomorrow, really? Like, you know, you're just hanging out, just having fun in your beater car, and then that's what you're going to do. You know, it's funny, because ever since I won the championship, it's like a, it's like 100 pounds that are taken off my shoulders. You know, I, I feel like I achieved what I wanted to do, and I was honestly really scared of losing my losing the drive to do well from here on. You know, I was scared that maybe I would feel like I had done what I wanted to do and like what what would what would be the next goal? Like am I going to be as hungry from now on? The whole point is to stay hungry and find ways to to develop that hunger and nurture it. So, you know, I I've made it a point this past off season to do other things. You know, I met Hunter, my girlfriend from San Diego. Woo-hoo! Well, yeah, and you know, she's been here in Norway for a month. We've been to Hawaii together. We've been 
you know, traveling a lot, doing cool things. And, you know, I, I feel like stepping away from what you do for a little bit is going to help you get better at it because then you don't burn yourself out. So, you know, the reason why we're here is to play around in cars, but I've also now started to develop that hunger again. And I'm here to try and, you know, really push my limits, push my boundaries and, and practice hard. That's why my beta car is so beat up. You know, I smash into my friends all the time. And, you know, and in some people's eyes, it's, it's, it's like you're messing up and you're, you're, you're screwing up. But to me, if you, if you never fall, you're not learning how to, to ride a bicycle. So, you know, it, it's, it's all about learning, training, and never settling down. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's, that's a good way of seeing it. Like, it's a lot of hard work. It really is. But, yeah, you got to focus on other stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as you met Hunter, which is lovely. <laughs> She's just a, it was a blast to hang out. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, actually, that I didn't have time to get you a mic. Like, we don't have the, the equipment, but... She man, would swear a lot. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and and uh, it's fun to just just, just um, have fun, really. Yeah. Like, that's what you want to focus on, I guess. Yeah, because, you know, what, what's life if you're not having fun? You know, at the end of the day, be it if you're a, a stock trader or a carpenter or whatever you do in life, that's what it boils down to. It's fun. And that's when, you know, a lot of people come up to me and say, oh, I just drift for fun. And sometimes I, I feel like, what does that mean? Does it mean that I don't drift for fun? Because I feel like this shit is awesome. Like I, But to me, the fun is in competing and the fun is in trying to do well and trying to achieve what you wanted to do. And it's almost like a sickness because you're like, you're so driven at times. You, In other people's eyes, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing out on a lot of fun, like parties and whatnot. But to me, the fun is in trying to do well on track and trying to get those little pieces on track right yeah yeah. and uh, you have um, like people around you who are working with you and for you and and everything who are helping to contribute Uh, i just want to name drop like uh, daniel who's here right now and actually filming Mm -hmm. uh who's hanging out uh being just a total douchebag and wearing shoes (laughs) that are really loud yeah fuck you (laughs) (laughs) and um it's it's great to see that uh, people like Daniel uh, who are pouring his heart into what he loves doing and also can help you. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what I've grown to learn is that if you can do do this in a way where other people's dreams are also fulfilled, that's when you get far. And, you know, Daniel, you know, came to me last year or the year before and He's is an amazing videographer. He's a big talent out here in Norway, especially in the car scene. Uh, he's you know producing a lot of content and videos for companies and and profiles out here. So and he's you know he's gotten into you know the core of what I do about staying hungry and about you know developing that that drive to get to the next level. So he's building a full on documentary from the, you know, from this season and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you said, Daniel, uh, oh snap is his like alias on- online. And, um, well, let's be honest, like, yeah, he's big in Norway, but come on, Sweden is bigger. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Sweden may be bigger, but you know, you guys, 
Well, I guess you guys got the first FD driver, Sam Hubenat, who's now a, a good friend of mine. But for a few years there, drifting wasn't really big in Sweden. Uh, and, you know, when Gothville came to Sweden in 06, I would say the street car scene in Norway was, especially the one surrounding track driving like that, was not as developed <clears throat> in Sweden. But because of all your your drag racing and your you know, circuit racing and all, and all that stuff. I think you guys all had, you always had the potential of, of taking Gautbil to the next level. And I think in a few years time now, I think the drifting scene in Sweden is going to grow beyond the Norwegian scene. So, you know, fingers crossed us Norwegians can hold it down, but uh, <laughs> I doubt it over time. Oh, wow. Uh, are you a kiss ass? Is that what uh, you're a little learning? bit, a little bit. Not gonna <laughs> lie, but you know, it's I have I've made great friends in Sweden in the drift community. You know, David Skogsby, Johan Halvorsson is an old friend of mine from back in the day, and you know, to to see all the all the time and effort being put into the scene in Sweden, it's it's really cool. Yeah, and we, we're just uh, me and Chris here, who is all he hasn't said anything yet, but uh, we're we're traveling. Bye. Waiting for my moment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the moment. Uh, you're like uh, like uh, Jesse on on Fast and Furious. Like yeah. this is my moment. Oh, and you, you just fuck it up. Um, <laughs> we're, we're shitting on Norway a lot actually uh, traveling here. Because, you know, you have the road signs that are weird and you have like all these tunnels and everything that's like, why, why, why did you do this this way? Like we have uh, the, the the traffic signs. Yeah, we, we have uh, the same uh, like design as in Sweden, but we have a different yellow and we have a different blue and uh, it's going to be a little different. It's not exactly the same. <laughs> I, I don't know what went wrong, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we... I like Sweden, but we don't really care. We, you know, we have oil. We're well sorted anyway. <laughs> oh wow, pulling the the oil card. No, you know, honestly, I've been, I've always liked Sweden, and I a couple of years back, I actually envisioned living in Sweden. Oh wow, the west coast, of Sweden. Oh, wow. A lot of things that are easier. You know, it would be closer to you know the certain. Like big cities, like Gothenburg is closer to Europe if you want to travel. A lot of things are cheaper in Sweden. Uh, I like the coast there, you know, I'm a big boat fan. I like boating and smoking and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I could see myself live in Sweden, but now I'm kind of all over the place and I don't even know where I live. So, you, you know. You practically live in a suitcase. Like, is that the life that you have? Uh, not right now, but summertime for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was, I think, some one point in time i was you know i I could see myself live in sweden maybe get a find some sort of a blonde swedish girl but then miss california here rolled into town and i was sold (laughs) oh she's kind of blonde uh well now uh mixes it up (laughs) how about this she has her blonde moments oh wow oh wow (laughs) shitting on the girlfriend i love you babe you know that All right. Okay. I, I didn't know that. That that's very interesting. That's the first first time I've uh, I've heard that you have that uh, or had that ambition to to live in Sweden. You actually uh, put it on your website a couple of years ago that your favorite track in Europe is actually Mantorp. Yep. Is it still? Um, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's actually that stuff changes all the time because it's to me it it has more to do with specific moments or achievements than the track itself but i would say that montorp is 
one of my favorite tracks throughout the world. Oh wow! But uh, contrary to what a lot of people may think, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Paris Kurvan and like the main drifting section. I tend to like really weird sections that are different areas of the track. I, I think Montorp. I really like the blind left hander. After the main straight, you have the the long main straight, you have the right-hander, and then you come over the crest and you have that long sweeping left-hander into hard braking and a double right. I love that section. Uh, not a lot of people get to watch it because it's, it's kind of in the you know, back end of everything. It's it's kind of hard to, to spectate and watch that turn, but that turn is freaking fantastic because yeah. you're bombing in there blind and then you really got to commit and then you brake super hard and... I just love that part. Yeah, I could tell actually when I wrote it, wrote with you in twenty, what was it, thirteen or fourteen? Thirteen when when Mad Mike was here. Yep, uh, there. Uh, and uh, I could really tell that you you love that that corner because you. I was scared shitless. <laughs> Holy, that's the only time I've actually been scared inside of a car. That's the only time in my life. Really? But yeah, yeah. And I've I've been with a lot of drifters and race car drivers and everything. That's the only time I've been scared. And it wasn't because of the speed or anything else. It was we were drifting blind because it was all the smoke in the cockpit. I could not see a centimeter in front of the car, and I knew there was like three or four cars ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And you just went for it. I was like, "You're yeah. fucking crazy, Jesus! What are you doing?" It's- I, you know, at some point you just gotta you you gotta push the limit. You know, that's, oh yeah, we did, it's, we did, yeah. And you, you know, I had a big crash in Montorp, um last year, twenty fourteen, and you know, shit happens. And like you said, when you're on track with all walks of life and all sorts of drivers, you don't know what's gonna happen. But if you take that little bit of edge, that little bit of danger out of it, it wouldn't be fun. So I'm glad we survived and. Uh, <laughs> At the same time, I'm glad you got a little bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that that was great, and I hope that uh, more people get the same uh, experience that I had because uh, nothing has been like it. Uh, so I recommend it, and uh, I got lucky, and not everyone gets it, but I definitely recommend it. <laughs> it was crazy, and. Uh, that brings me to something else, like uh, the part that you like of the track and the things that you want to do. Your goals have maybe changed slightly. Would you say that your goals have changed slightly because you won the championship last year? Like, is is it something else that you want to pursue now, or? Um, yes and no. You know, I I a lot of people ask me if I want to do rallycross, do other things, and for sure, I I am a big fan of rallycross. So. I would be down to try out rallycross, but I'm not going to get, you know, get into it and actually compete unless there was a big three-year plan, enough budget to allow me to get up to speed and, you know, actually shoot for wins and podiums. That is a huge undertaking. You know, the the costs of of rallycross have skyrocketed. It's a big undertaking. It's a big deal. So... I don't think that's likely to happen now, but maybe, you know, eventually maybe Toyota will get into rallycross, stuff like that. Then I may get into other sports. So the answer would be no. My goals are the same. I want to do well. I want to push the sport or drifting. Uh, you know, we're shooting for another championship in Formula Drift. You know, a back-to-back would be amazing. Um but at the same time, there are things that I want to do outside of drift. And it might sound kind of cocky, but it's not meant that way. But we want to do stuff that's bigger than drift. We want to do more mainstream 
you know, activations, want to go cool new places. I've, I've seen that the further away from the racetrack you take the drift car and the deeper into city centers and where people actually are, you take the drift cars, the more of an impact you can make. So my whole plan now is to do more, you know, help out Toyota with their car launches, help out burning the, you know, the movie project we're a part of. We're shooting Burning 2 now. I want to help them out, put on big demos in, in, you know, city centers. And I want to, you know, tour the world. I want to, you know, bring some stand-up paddle boards and, you know, the drift car and some RVs and cruise up the coast of Norway and shoot some drone footage and visit little towns, put on like drift clinics there, camp out, go to Toyota dealerships around the country and just live life a little bit with the drift car on tow. That would be my dream. All right. Do you feel like um, your skills, like the car control you've learned in in drifting, does it like carry over to other disciplines in motorsport? Like, if you got into rallycross, did you think that you would get up to speed pretty fast? Or, um, in certain aspects, yes. Uh, I think drifting helps with general car control. Um, and it also the the mental game needed in yeah. drifting is definitely a huge thing. You know, I I think drifting the mental side of drifting may be even harder than circuit racing because you sit there, you wait for hours, and then boom, twenty seconds. That's all you have. Whereas in circuit racing, you know, you're in a pack, bunch of people. There's not not all the eyeballs are looking at you. So I feel like the mental side of drifting is definitely a big help. At the same time, in drifting, you're driving on a, in a very different way. You know, you're you're not always picking the fastest line because the judges want you to hang on the outside. So in that respect, it, drifting kind of damages you a little bit. Like it 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 takes away some of the understanding that you, or like the 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 art of picking the fastest lines. And at the same time, like. The deeper I've gotten into the drifting game, the more I feel like my attention span has been reduced. I can only do 20 seconds at a time now. And that's that's kind of interesting. But I think the launch and all that stuff is fairly similar in drift or at least the way professional drifting has gotten. So I, I think rallycross would be a natural step, but it would still take a huge amount of prep and 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 commitment to make that work. But I do think, you know, like... Uh, stunt driving for movies yeah. is very similar to drift. You sit there, you wait for, you know, basically a go call over the radio, and then you have ideally one shot. Yeah. Like, you, if you can nail every, everything in one shot, you're the king in stunt driving. And that's what we're trying to do in drift. Yeah. And I think that's why you've seen Samuel, Samuel Hubenad and Reese Mill and Tanner, all those guys are now heavily involved in car commercials and Fast and Furious, yeah. you know, and that's why I've been working with Burning. So I think that's perhaps the most natural path forward. So, like, if you if you want to, like, uh, you're talking about how you want to like evolve the sport and everything else. What do you think is the next step in drifting? Like, you know, what's going to raise the game even more, like Wisefab mm-hmm. had or or anything else? Like, I guess that you guess get this question a lot, but. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I want to really hear what you really think. Yeah, about it. This is a this is a minefield. Uh, you know, do you mean raising the level of driving in competition or raising the level of growth for the sport? I mean, more mechanical, like the cars. Like, where, where's the next step? In, in is it like Weissfeld brought the the front end of the car mm-hmm. and also the back end, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it going to be like like more mechanical like about the car like the power craze when Daigo Saito entered Formula D like that was a yep. one thing and what what's the next thing that's going to happen like that yeah uh, you know i think we're now getting to a point where drifting's becoming very standardized uh there's not a whole lot you know stuff left you can do to the cars to make it more drivable or or you know faster you know, we can always refine motors and refine suspension, all that stuff. One area that we haven't really touched on much in drifting is aero. But at the same time, the car we're going so slow that aero might not even have a big effect. Um, but I think from here on and out, I think it's going to be a battle between tires. You always want the grippiest, most consistent tire. And, you know, car tire manufacturers are still trying to find that ideal place. Uh, so I think f- from now on and out, you know, it, it's it's refining everything. I don't think there's going to be a big revolution anymore. Maybe motors, maybe, you know, motors with super flat power band. Maybe someone will eventually make an electric drift car, which would be amazing from a drivability standpoint, but it would lack the, uh, you know, the... Excitement, maybe? For, you know, there's there's no noise. There's no fire-breathing, polluting monster, you know? It's just, uh, it's it's, uh, it's an, a big dildo, essentially. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. One thing I care about a lot, though, is the growth of drifting. And what I would love to see is a lot of the drivers out there get manufacturer deals be able to build careers out of drifting. I've been really lucky because I'm one of very select few in the sport of drifting that can actually make a living. And it's actually a healthy, viable business for everyone involved. And for that to happen, I am not sure if there's any other way around it than putting an age cap on on cars in the pro leagues. Because, 
BMW, Mercedes, Audi, they're not going to get involved in a series uh, unless they don't risk getting beat by a 20-year-old Nissan. And I love the roots of drifting and the old cars and, you know, the classic drift cars as much as the next guy. But I I, I don't think big manufacturers are going to, you know, going to come in before that happens. So if you are a non-Swedish speaker, uh, just hang on for about 30 seconds. I'm going to read an ad and then we'll get back to the show. Radio Power bygger och servrar många av Sveriges absolut bästa tävlingsbilar och gatbilar. Och som generalagent för bland annat Mishimoto's racingkylare och K-Sport Racing sortiment med coilovers, bromskit och luftfjädring kan Radio Power leverera allt du behöver för att lyckas med ditt bygge. De har också specialiserat sig på tävlingsburar för både time attack, drifting men nu även rally. Så vare sig du behöver bygga en bur till din racebil eller sänka din daily driver så kan Radio Power leverera allt från bolt-on kits till skräddarsydda arbeten. Ett stort tack till Radio Power som hjälper oss att fortsätta göra det vi gör. As you talked about the excitement. Like I remember the sensation of sitting on the grandstands at Irwindale 2014 and it was deafening. Like I had like these uh like a I popped several th- different things in my ears actually because I I couldn't get anything to work and uh, actually David uh, Skogsby he put like a roll of paper in his ear because he lost all the earplugs mm. and like it was deafening and you you don't get that sensation when you are here in Sweden mm. or or any other like tracks because we have the noise reduction and everything else like when i got to Irwindale that was a totally different experience like what what you talk about and people can't really relate to is the the excitement level when you are there with cars a thousand twelve hundred horsepower who are just there are no restrictions like you can just let out and that's what you do and really an electrical car would bring cool things but no it wouldn't be the same i, I really agree with you on that one um but it would be cool. Like, do you think that maybe we could combine them? Like, have some electrical power and, and have the... Absolutely. And I'm all for that. I, I think if drifting can retain, you know, the the current way of having, you know, free power plants, you can do whatever you want. If they can retain that, I think there's room for electric cars as well as diesels, as well as gas-powered cars, whatever it is. I want it to remain that way. And that's what drifting is, isn't it? I mean, you you touched on it with the spectacle, the noise and everything. Drifting's kind of, you know, it's like Monster Jam or it's like wrestling where you have the ninja from Japan and you have Captain America and a Ford Mustang. And then you have, you know, some, some, you know, American kids and the Camaros and you have a clown from Norway and the Toyota. It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's all of those different, characters whereas most motorsports these days to drive f1 you have to fit into this mold right like yeah. physically whereas in, in like drifting, literally yeah you know <laughs> whereas here in, in 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 drifting you can be you can be a diamond trader from africa and you can do well and that's what's really cool and it's like it's like the video games like you pick your character it's like <laughs> mario kart right and I think that's why it's so big. You know, drifting is a sub. It's like a niche sport. But at the same time, it has a huge underground following, you know, in between, you know, all the followers. Look at Mad Mike, you know, like there's millions of followers. 
And that's that's the unique thing. You know, the guy in the grandstand, he can look at his car and he's like, I could actually build that if I really wanted to. And that's uh, that's the beauty of it. Kind of weird question, maybe. Okay. Is there anything that most people don't know about you that you want them to know? Oh, there's. I'm sure there's a lot of things that they don't know that I don't want them to know, (laughs) but uh, that I want them to know. I don't know. I. What would that be? I I think a lot of people look at me as like a people. A lot of people. If they look at photos from FD, they may think I'm this douchebag and I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm kind of cocky and stuff like that. Because that's kind of a little bit of the, the maybe, maybe it may look like that to some people. At least I've had people come up to me and say like, you're actually not a douchebag. And that's that's nice to hear. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's it's it makes me wonder what, what makes him feel that way and i think it, it you know it's an inevitable it happens when you get the big sponsors and stuff like that but what i want him to know is that i try and be nice uh, i try and be a good guy but i'm definitely more cynical than i may look and when i'm on track i'm there to win and do well i and i'm trying to use everything we have to our advantage yeah okay so like super cool guy good guy answer uh i'm gonna I'm shoot you another one actually uh okay. one that we me and chris have actually talked a lot about uh throughout the years uh, especially the time when we rolled with you uh chris you actually rolled with mad mike mm. and um you can't just nod your head man you, you gotta answer man yes i did <laughs> good enough and and uh we talked about this from that day on like you're a good guy we know that because we've met you throughout the years and everything. But we also know that on track, you're a bit of a bully. Like no. you're, you're seen like a bit of a bully. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of videos that are talking. supposed to say here, babe? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I may I may instigate a few things here and there, but I. I'm there to try and push everyone, you know, like not literally push them, but to, to, I think you can only grow if you step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And a lot of guys may take it wrong because what I see is all the drivers at Gottbild. Gottbild lets everyone out there on track at the same time, which is the beauty of it. But a lot of the guys that have been driving on the roads all their life, they got into drifting, they started drifting, they apply their their knowledge from the road to what they do on track. Whereas a kid that grew up go-kart racing since he was 12 and or a kid that grew up racing or drifting online in video games and then got straight on track when he turned 18, they I feel like they're a lot safer on track than the guys that grew up in, in driving on, on the streets. Because, you know, like... Some of the near crashes or actual crashes I've had, in all modesty, I feel like a lot of those haven't been my mistake. And by that, I mean, in Formula Drift, if judges were to look at that, the lead car would get the mistake. Okay. And, and I know that you can't, I can't really say that, and I can't expect everyone to adhere to Formula G regulations. But like when there's a yellow flag out, you don't hammer on the brakes and stop. What you do is you let off the brake in a consistent way, you pass the, you know, the danger in a fluid way, and then you get back on the gas. There's, 
I, I I think I feel like a lot of times I'm I'm uh, misunderstood, and I don't mean to to uh, to stir shit up, even though I may be a little bit of an instigating douchebag at times. I'll admit <laughs> that. Yeah, because I I, I I got the feeling like when we're on the track inside of your car, like we were not pushing people off the track, we were not like doing all these things, but we're we're taking a lot of risks. Like when we're driving and people understand that who are on track, but they still like, I don't want to crash my car. And I, what, I don't what do you mean you, about risk though? You mean a risk as in, in as touching in we were, other cars? As we were, I mean, as in we were. Or as in dying. Like fourth gear, clutch kicking, Scandinavian flicking on the, the front straight of Mantorp. Five cars in the first corner. We passed them. We, we slalom through them in the first corner. And to me, that was absolutely nuts. Like, why would you risk this? Because you don't know what the person in front of you is going, how he's going to react. Maybe he's, he's turning sharply or whatever. I was afraid of crashing. But if he does, he's a dick. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> if you don't follow the race line, then you're not doing what you're supposed to on track. And most of the time, as you saw, people do what they should be doing. Exactly. Right? So it's not... You know, even entering a racetrack is a risk, you know, but it's a calculated risk and it can be a lot of risk or it can be a slight amount of risk. And that's my job. My my job is essentially calculating risk. Yeah. Okay. I understand. And And the big thing is, do you think that you've like when you were in 2013, when you partnered up with Speed Hunters and you got this whole Euro tour going and everything? I got the sensation that you really had to prove certain things. Like you, you have to make a name of yourself. Of course, mm-hmm. that that's how the the that's the course of the the career. Mm-hmm. And like I felt that you drove way past the edge because you you needed the the experience with the new car and you needed to push the limits. And do you feel that you've of course you've matured as a driver? But do you feel that you drive with the same amount of aggression as you did that year as you did maybe this year at Gautbill and you all these common events if you want to call them like that not not competition ones like do you take all these risks still Right oh that's a good question um you know in formula drift I've been accused of being very calculated uh which is true which I think is needed to do well in That's why you won a championship right you know and so I'm sure that kind of, that's kind of led to me maybe being more calmer or calculated also at Gatbil. But I still feel like I do stuff where I'm stepping over the boundaries and where I where I take risks, you know? Um as much, maybe not. Um and maybe right, maybe during the speed hunters era, maybe I it, it went from me pushing myself because I freaking love, you know, loved it to me feeling like, okay, right. So speed hunters, speed hunters teamed up with me because that's what I do. So I got to continue doing that. Maybe it was a little bit of that for sure. But at the same time, I love doing that. And my point has never been to end up with a pristine looking car. You know, I, I want to, <laughs> I want to finish ideally first in like a blazing fireball. Uh, Cause you know, our cars are meant to be driven. They're not show queens. You know, it's just metal. Wow. How do you cope with the pressure? Like, 
specifically like sitting on the grid just before big battle like the final of a round of fd or whatever like i oh, i don't i i can't even go to the store without being nervous so <laughs> oh my god it's uh, a cash register oh my god prescription drugs no it's really? no it's that's been the big deal over my entire career is coping with that because at the end of the day all they're doing is driving that that car three turns in the same way you've done in practice that's all you're doing you know how hard can it be but you know it's it's tr- it's thinking that and getting to a point where you don't let all the eyeballs watching you get to your head you know i i've i've worked a lot with my mental game i've read books i've really practiced it i've spoken to athletes in other sports you know ski jumpers they do kind of the same thing they have bigger balls than we do cuz they jump head first 200 meters but they sit there, they wait, and then they jump. And then, you know, they have one shot as well. So I've learned from, you know, multiple forms of sports. I've, I've learned from books. I've learned from sports psychology. Not a whole lot, but, you know, I've, I've, made, I've done my homework, basically. So it's a matter of really getting to know yourself, yeah. being systematic, systematic about you know when you do well when you do poorly why did you do well or why did it not work out and trying to find a group and then trying to repeat that it's as simple as that so i have my little thing that i do before i go out i try and visualize the course i try and know and plan what i'm going to do and then stick to that and you know i think the number one thing is to realize that if you screw up it's not the end of the world and by actually believing that you've taken a big load off of your shoulders and uh then you're okay no matter what happens i guess that uh identifying your fears your uh limitations and the things that you are uh you're actually it's you who are setting your limitations really in your mind we're not going to get like super mambo jumbo about this but it's interesting how you actually studied about these things so is that a thing that you say like this is actually a really big part? Like if you want to be a racing car driver, you actually need to do this or is it something that you just do to keep the edge? I I guess it comes down to what kind of person you are. But for me, it's definitely a big deal. Um, it's sports, you know, it's as simple as that. You know, it's to a lot of people, drifting is not sports to them. It's having fun or recreational but to me it's it's a dead serious sport so you got to treat it treat it that way if you want to do well what is your your greatest fear then have you identified like this is what i'm afraid of like it's the dark or i have you know then, door hinges are scary or you know yeah. <laughs> to me you know i haven't really put a lot of thought into my fears because it hasn't really been on that level a lot it's been more about how to just get in the groove of doing well but i guess my fear would be to to uh you know bring the people that have helped me out so much down you know to let him down basically i've i've done that a few times by crashing really hard or you know not delivering but at the end of the at the end of the day the the one you're actually Letting down is yourself. Um, so I think that may be the biggest fear, letting myself down. 
All right. Um, I don't know where we're going to take this. Uh, like, if we even have to take this any further. I mean, this has been great. Yeah. Really. Thanks, guys. It's, uh, uh, it's a good time. <laughs> Getting ready for God's Will and Ice tomorrow. And uh, yeah, kickback day of drifting. And Hopefully the Supra is whole after tomorrow. Oh, it's Or, a Supra, man. Oh, yeah. You it's can paint. run that thing without oil. It's, it's, it's non-turbo, right? Like an NA. It's NA. Yeah. And that's, that's really cool because my friend Martin and I, we have uh, an NA Supra each. And then our friend Julian Smith is bringing, on, bringing up another... Similar color NA Supra tomorrow. <laughs> um, a lot of people think that you need a lot of power to have fun. It's not about the power. Drifting's not about the power at all. It's about balance and commitment. And we drive on the best WRC stutter tires you can get. We run, we're running on the Grandals Rally Sweden takeoffs. You know, brand new Pirellis. They're, they're absolutely amazing. So the car doesn't like to slide. You know, there's so much grip. It doesn't really spin the tires. So that's when it feels the best, when you have to bomb in there and, you know, charging really hard to make it actually drift. That's what I love. You know, I, I don't like making love. I love fucking instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Uh, so, like... What's your, your thing for tomorrow then? Like, like what's your mindset? I'm going to fuck up someone's door. <laughs> or it's like, you know, like, what are It's, you going to do? What I want to do tomorrow is playing around with Martin. Uh, he's really cool. He, he lets me chase a lot, which I love, because that's where I need the most work. And he loves to lead. Well, you know, we mix it up. But my whole thing is to try and be consistent all the way throughout the day. Be on his door as much as I can. Crash not too much into him. Um, we've been up here three, four times already. Sometimes I'm kind of clean. Other times I smash him to him left and right. So <laughs> goal for tomorrow is to try and, you know, be nice to his car, but at the same time, try and stay in the zone all day, get some good practice in, practice my sight, get some good GoPro footage, and then say hi to all my friends. This is the first got to be event of the year, and it's always a great time. And uh, yeah, can't wait for tomorrow. Nice. Cool. All right. All right. Then uh, we're going to finish our beers here um, and just, you know, continue the night, actually. Yep. Uh, thank you so much. This has been great. And uh, thank you for taking your time, man. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. I, I know we've been trying to do this for two years now. <laughs> Finally happened in beautiful Nedregidal. Uh, but thanks, guys. And I will see you tomorrow. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.